Hey there, I'm Margarita Complemaker, Director of Community Partnerships and Engagement at the Alliance. Welcome to another episode of the Alliance Theater Podcast. Usually, I'm the one that moderates conversations at the Alliance, but in this episode, the tables have turned, and I have a chance to sit down in dialogue with our Director of Development, Trent Anderson. In this episode, you're going to hear us speak about the work that we do at an arts nonprofit, and specifically how we stay connected to our community through our work, and how in return, the community sustains us as a theater. There is so much gratitude in this episode. Gratitude to be doing the work that we love, and gratitude to all the donors and community partners that help make the theater an artistic home for so many in Atlanta. Trent, do you want to introduce yourself? Well, you just introduced myself, <laughs> but I'm happy to um, to have you know had the wheels greased, as it were. Um, yes, I'm Trent Anderson. I am proud to serve as the director of development here at the Alliance, um, and I'm really excited about this conversation Me too. And I do want to say that I'm happy that we both have our cups of tea in we front do. of us. Um, because I was reflecting on how the two of us have been working relatively closely this past year, and Trent, you've been around for a little over a year at the uh-huh. Alliance, is that right? That's right. Yeah. Um, but we've been meaning to get together and have our tea and our coffee chat, which we haven't quite gotten to. Mm-hmm. I know we will. Uh-huh. Um, so we're doing this together for the first time also for uh, an audience. So- just to contextualize it, Rita and I actually uh, talk to each other quite a bit in our roles, and we are we are kind of king and queen of the hallway, um, the hallway <laughs> hustle. Where we have conversations in the hallway. Sometimes we get our steps in with each other, but um, it is rare that we actually sit together. So this is very nice. This Thank is you. so exciting. Yes. Um, well, I'm going to ask maybe a question to get us going. Yeah. Um, how did you get here? Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's a long version, there's a medium version, and there's a short version, and I don't know which one I'm about to jump into, but... Um, <laughs> oh, I love it. You know, I'll start from um, day one of my childhood. Uh, no, really, um, the, the thing that I think is kind of important for people to know about me, if they are curious about me as a person, is that I grew up in really, really small towns in Iowa and Alaska. Uh, we're talking population 5,000, population 3,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at a very early age, I became a voracious devourer of stories. I learned to read at an early age. I was watching movies, you know, all throughout my childhood. I was totally obsessed with going to the video rental store and, and getting as many tapes as they would let me when take When there out. was such a thing. When there were tapes, yes. Store. And it wasn't a blockbuster because I was in that small a town. It was an independent um, video store. But all that to say, you know, as I've grown older and I've moved to larger cities and other places um, around the country, I've put two and two together that being this devourer of stories was really my way of connecting with the larger world outside of my hometowns. And that has kind of been a guiding light for me in in my career and why I've chosen a path in the theater is because I so believe in the ability of storytelling to expand people's horizons and make them feel more connected with the world around them and the people around them. Um, so that's that's really kind of the why of of why I've chosen theater in particular. Um, and you know, the Alliance, I'm, I'm not only new to the Alliance, but I'm new to Atlanta. And um, I came here from New York where I was in and around New York for the last 14 years of my life. 
um, and then the extent of my career thus far. And uh, the Alliance was always kind of a pinnacle for me, honestly. Mm. I've always wanted to work at a theater. Well, and I have worked at other theaters too, but um, that do this. But I really love working for a theater that um, that puts on a variety of work for its community. Um, you know, we've got our big Broadway musicals here. We've got a Christmas Carol. We've got the Candida competition, which is brand new plays. Um, we really kind of run the gamut on the type of theater that we produce here. And uh, the Alliance is one of the leaders in the country for producing all of that work at the scale and. Um, and with the quality that it does. And so I've always had my eye on the Alliance. I studied it very closely in grad school and um, it's always kind of been a mecca to me. So that's that's why I'm here and how I got here. How about you, Rita? Tell me your story. Um, so I was not a voracious reader. Uh-huh. And so that was fascinating to hear, but I, I know a lot of people come to the theater from that early experience of reading stories and then making the leap to the stage. Mm-hmm. I came, so when I was um, four and a half, my family immigrated from Belarus, it was then the Soviet Union, um, to the United States. And I grew up with a mother who was a piano teacher and a father who was an engineer, which was a classic combination. That's <laughs> <Yes>, right. <laughs> there were many piano teachers and engineers around me. Um, and my mom got a job, Her first, one of her early jobs was working for a school, a piano school, that was putting on plays. And these were small plays in churches, and I wasn't even part, we weren't even part of a faith community, but she had to go and play the piano for the play. Mm-hmm. And so she'd bring me along. And I remember seeing my first, this like play that they were, they were putting on. Uh, and I saw the play and I just like, I could not believe what I was seeing. (laughs) I fell in love with something being on stage and three-dimensional and a whole world that I could be a part of. And I remember turning to my mom at some point and being like, I really want to be on stage. And so she encouraged me. And and really, for her, it was childcare at the time. She'd just bring me along to all (laughs) of these rehearsals. And I kind of um, started to audition and get my, get my, um, yeah, just get my feet in the door of this, this lovely thing that I had discovered. But I will say that my early parts were never speaking parts. And I think the more I think about (laughs) it, it's because I didn't like to read. English was not like my first language. And so I actually gravitated to all the nonverbal, non-textual parts of the theater. And still, I actually, to this day, love dance theater. I love the movement. I love the scenery. I love everything that has to do with storytelling beyond the text. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that comes from having to, you know, navigate maybe a bicultural, you know, multilingual environment and uh, kind of growing up having to, you know, encounter all of those challenges of being from an immigrant family and speaking a different language and Mm -hmm. maybe thinking I was saying things incorrectly or wrong or didn't have all of that um you know all of those things that my maybe my peers had when they grew up with English-speaking parents so Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's the origin story for how I got into theater and then I think um the crazy thing, and really, I think my parents to this day are probably still astounded that they thought I would grow out of this thing, you uh-huh. know, that was theater. And I don't know if you relate to this, but oh, yeah. I just didn't grow out of it. They were hoping I would grow out of it, and I just kept coming back to the theater. I went to grad school 
for theater history, got my doctorate in theater history. Um, I worked at a film company prior to going back to grad school. My undergrad was in theater. Uh, so I've been, I think I've been really fortunate to actually have made a life in the theater. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love this. And I love, um, you know, when, when we encounter each other as fellow theater administrators mm-hmm. and learn like what our, um, what our avenue to theater administration in particular was. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'm curious to know, you know, in your current role, what excites you most about your work? Um, in addition to working this job as the Director of Community Partnerships Engagement, I also moonlight as an adjunct or an instructor, so I teach college students. Mm-hmm. And my favorite group of college students to teach are the students that are not theater majors, or non-majors they're okay. called. And what I love most about working with those students is essentially the same thing that I love the most about working with our audiences and communities at the Alliance Theater. Like, I think there's a often um, this conception that this is just a form of entertainment that you come and see, mm-hmm. um, and you'll be, you know, in, in invited to see singing and dancing on stage, and that might be the extent of, you know, people's experience with what a theater production is. Uh, and what it means. And so I love, I love getting students and our audiences. I really I will really say this about our audiences. I love talking to our audiences at the Alliance. I'm, I know a lot of other folks are scared of it because you know, what's gonna come out of someone's mouth? You never know. But I love hearing what people think about the play and how it moves them and how they connect to it. So um, one of my roles here at the Alliance is to work with community partners to create community conversations around the play. Uh, so the the plays themselves have an opening maybe for some kind of important topic that needs to be discussed or just um, a story that hasn't been told before Mm -hmm. and so a community conversation is an opportunity to bring people here in Atlanta together to have that discussion and uh, my favorite part is not even hearing from the speakers although they're amazing and I do love hearing from the speakers (laughs) is when we go to the Q&A and we just hear from the people that have wandered through the doors talk about what they thought so that's probably one answer to your question mm-hmm. I love that that's what about you what about you what's your favorite part you know my my answer is is pretty similar actually you know I um I, I say this to a lot of people and donors will maybe listen to this podcast and they will um, they'll either nod or shake their head and roll their eyes because they've heard me say this so many times. But my my two favorite parts of the job are that I get to hang out with some of our biggest fans at the theater uh, and that I have a job where I get to express gratitude all day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, you know, I've, I've, been, I've been very lucky in life and I have a lot to be grateful for. And a lot of that comes from what I do for a living and that, you know, I... I have really dedicated my life to the theater, this art form, the power of storytelling, and I've I've wanted to be in the thick of theater my entire life. And so for me to now be in the thick of theater and to have a community of supporters who not only enable me, but enable the hundreds, the thousands of people, the hundreds of thousands mm-hmm, of people who mm-hmm. interact with this theater every day, it's actually really, really moving to me. And mm-hmm. the fact that that is the core function of my job is to raise that support for those hundreds of thousands of people and then get to thank people very genuinely from my heart because yeah. Yeah. It is so personal to me mm-hmm. um, that they are supporting my passions and so many other people's passions. It's 
it, it's so, so, so fulfilling. Um, and that's not to say that the work isn't difficult. Um, you know, it, all, all work is challenging and, and we have a team that works very, very hard to raise that support year round. Um, but you know, what, what, what's that old maxim? If you love what you do, you never work a day or whatever. Um, I, I, you know, I work every day, (laughs) but, um, but I do love it very much. So, so, you know, that's why I say my answer is similar to yours. Mm -hmm. It's, It's the people that I get to interact with. And on the flip side, if those people weren't some of the most wonderful people I knew, then that would make my job very, very hard. Um, and when I was when I was in conversations in interviews for this job, I was told we have a, a, a board of directors, we have a community of supporters mm-hmm. who just truly love what we do, and um, and they understand they understand deeply what we do, and that has that has come to be very true. And I think we've got something really special at the Alliance and the community, um, the community speaking broadly that supports this theater, um, and the community of people who consider themselves donors at the theater. Okay, and speaking of your job, what is the role of development at the theater? Mm-hmm. The role of development is is a really big one in the nonprofit theater, at least. Um, you know, nearly half of all of the activity that we execute here at the theater is is funded by development activities. So that is donations from individuals, from our board of directors, from foundations, from government sources, and from the corporate community here. And so when you think about all the things we could not do if we didn't have the support, I mean, it's it's pretty bleak, right? We, mm-hmm. we would simply close. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is really not an exaggeration to say that we simply couldn't do it without our donors. Um, and when you look at the numbers, you, you realize just how true that is. We would have half our lighting instruments hung. We would hire half the actors. We would hire half the staff, all of that kind of thing. Um, and, you know, it, particularly as we continue into this era where we're talking about access to the theater, mm-hmm. you know, inflation rises, as everybody knows, over the course of time, ticket sales have, um, theaters have had to make choices between dramatically raising their ticket prices or finding other ways. And development is about that creativity of finding other ways so that ticket prices can be accessible. Um, and and we operate under a model where uh, where we're not depending exclusively on ticket sales. If we didn't have development, every ticket at this theater would cost $300, and then yeah. no one would come, and then we would close, right? So um, that's just a few different ways of saying, you know, from a from a monetary perspective, that's, that's the importance there. But for the sake of our conversation, I think it's important mm-hmm. to point out that, um, you know, being involved in development as a community member, being involved as a donor, it is another way of just that, being a community member involved at the theater. Um, it's a community of people who have chosen to support, whether it's $1, whether it's $1 million, what we do here. Mm-hmm. And not only support what we do, but they are they're giving that gift to their fellow community members. You know, when you become a donor at an organization, you are making an investment in that organization's success. When you walk into the theater, you can look around and know that you are part of what made it possible. And you can look around at the people who are experiencing a show or an event or a class with you and know that that you um, that you gave that gift to everyone who's sitting around you. And so it's it's people who, it's community members who have decided to invest in us in that way. It's very exciting. I love you saying that because I think that really demystifies who a donor Mm. is. Mm -hmm. And I know from my background, um, 
that was a kind of intimidating word, mm -hmm. right? To be a donor. Mm -hmm. Felt like it was a few people in the world that got to be these donors of the oh, arts. Sure. So to think about being a donor for an institution like your, you know, the regional theater, mm -hmm. you just spun it in a way that makes it just so much more, um, so much more about us participating actively as citizens and community members in this thing that is the arts or theater mm -hmm. that we all benefit from. Mm -hmm. And I think that aligns yeah. with a lot of the work that I do as well. I agree. I agree. Yeah. I, I, I Thank you for saying that about demystifying what a donor is. Mm -hmm. You know, I think um, through the media or through whatever means, I think we've been trained to um, have a certain image in our head when someone says the word donor, right? And I probably don't need to go into um, what that image might be because it might also be different from various people. But basically the bottom line is if you if you give $1 to the Alliance Theater, you are a donor at the Alliance Theater. If you give $1,000, you are a donor at the Alliance Theater and everything in between and everything above that. Um, and and I think that everybody who gives, whether it's $1 or $1,000 or or way beyond that, they are all making that investment. They are all able to look at their fellow community members and know that they have given that gift and they have made an active decision to um, to really in, invest invest their money in this theater for for the for the sake of allowing this theater to thrive. Um, but the thing that I never lose sight of is that there are near infinite options in this world of what to do with your money right there um and there are infinite nonprofits that that you can invest your money in right so i never once take it for granted that people have chosen the alliance theater to give to mm -hmm. um when you think about the other options they have it is truly uh it's a wonderful and astounding thing that they have chosen us and um i i don't take that lightly and i am blessed to work at a place with colleagues who understand what that investment is and make sure that we are maximizing that investment for the sake of the art, for the sake of the community, and um, for the sake of everything else we touch here. Which is maybe a good segue into talking about your work with yeah. the community, right? Yeah. Um, so I wonder if, you know, just maybe at a top level, talk to me like I'm a, a third grader. Um, you know, community engagement within our field, the theater field, I think is a really broad term, right? Who is the community? How do we engage them? I think it means different things for different people. Can you tell us what it means for the Alliance? I can, I can do my best uh, to, to answer that question. Um, so the way that I like to think about the work of community engagement or community partnerships and engagement um, is through, in two ways. And we'll, we'll hear both of these terms often tossed around in, in the field. There's community engagement or community outreach. There's audience development or audience building. And sometimes those terms get all um, messy, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, to say the least. So I'm just for the sake of this conversation going to say that we do community outreach and we do something that it, I will call community programs and I think it's important to talk about both of these two parts of community engagement and with community outreach what I'm talking about is getting the community or inviting let's say the community into a theater experience so we produce these shows at the Alliance and 
uh, for those who haven't been to an Alliance show, you, you must come. Um, we <laughs> produce, I want to say, eight or nine uh, shows at the Hertz and on the Coca-Cola stage, and then many more um, programs on in the black box for younger audiences. There's a theater for the very young program and that we that we we also produce. Uh, but the community outreach part of it is essentially grounded in this idea that um, that these productions and these shows offer an opening for uh, different groups to in, to engage with this artistic experience. But we walk through that opening as a community engagement team or a community outreach team, and we make more tailored or customized invitations to see that to see that show. And that can sometimes be a way of bridging perceptual barriers to the theater. Some people feel they don't necessarily belong or don't even know very much about what a theater experience can do for them. And so we do that in outreach and engagement work with various communities that we serve. Um, and I think this notion of outreach also uh, really grounds some of the work I'm most proud of at the Alliance Theater, which is embracing this idea that theater is a right and that it should be universally accessible to mm -hmm. all people in the community or in the city of Atlanta. In our case, we're also, um, we've launched this partnership with the Georgia Public Libraries, which makes the Alliance Theater accessible to the state of, to people in the state of Georgia with the library pass. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm super proud of this partnership. And you know this, Trent, I talk about this all the time. But it's just I'm that... I'm super proud, too. I, <laughs> it's just that we are aligning ourselves with um, maybe one of the most trusted institutions for the community good, the libraries. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the same way that you would go check out a book at the library, you would go and check out tickets to see the Alliance Theater. Mm -hmm. And then you do the brilliant work, Trent, of figuring out how we fund that and support that because community members do need to also invest in that mm -hmm. investment in other community members coming to see this amazing show. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, maybe a glimpse into the community outreach work. And then the community programming or community programs is grounded in a totally different idea, and I think the Alliance does this so well. Um, and that is essentially that we are, we think of the arts and theater in particular as serving broader societal goals or community goals. Um, the clearest example of this is not even my work, and it's really the work of my mentor here at the Alliance, Chris Moses, who has done so much work in the arts, theater, and literacy space. Um, yes. partnered with many literacy institutions and organizations to really see where the arts, for someone like me, actually, who wasn't a reader, right? Uh -huh. Who uh -huh. came from an immigrant family and not, not an English-speaking family, first and foremost, how the arts could build a kind of more um, comprehensive, help build a more comprehensive notion in how literacy is... is um, literacy is developed in young folks in the city. And we do have... Uh, I, I don't know if I'm using a term <clears throat> that that I found elsewhere that Chris has used in the past, but there is a, a stark, there's a literacy epidemic, mm -hmm. you know, across the country. And we certainly see that here in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So that work has been extraordinary. And I see that as really a community program. And that has looked like um, the partnership with the Mayor's Summer Reading Program, yes. where the Alliance creates a book. Um, that is distributed for free through community partners during the summer um, 
to zero to five-year-olds, predominantly those early learners, and then creates this incredible theater for the very young programming, which builds on that book, creates this three-dimensional space, and again, invites this youth to have this incredible artistic experience, which is also a learning experience mm -hmm. and the literacy experience. And that is just, um, yeah, that that's phenomenal. And that's a kind of notion of community engagement and community work in the arts that um, I think the Alliance does just so incredibly and it makes me really proud to work here. Mm -hmm. I love that. Just, um, I want to ask you one other question about this, which is um, the 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 programming that you curate that is um, that is attached to every production we do. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it it occurs to me that you are in practice the artistic director of that series of programming, um, and it's a big responsibility to be an artistic director, right? To um, you know to choose. To choose, well, you know, in the traditional sense of the word, an artistic director at a theater would choose the stories that get told on our stage, right? You're not exactly doing that, but you are choosing uh, the conversations that allow us to interpret those stories, that allow us to carry those stories forward in our real lives, all mm -hmm. of that. Um, I'm just curious, you know, how how do you approach the many choices that you have to make within that role, which carries the responsibility that it does? Uh... Amazing question. That's such a big question. And I think it also has two parts, but maybe I'm going to lean into one part of that right now. I will say that one thing we do at the top of each season, just to get an insider look into my process, is we do um, make a note of the audiences and the communities we want to intentionally continue long-term relationships with mm -hmm. the Alliance. So a starting point is a consensus around these are the groups that we've either not invited as well as we should have in the past or haven't been to the Alliance or that do go to the Alliance but require you know even more care and dedication to so we do that as a team we create um, these sort of uh, audience um, and community group goals for this season and in one way we plan out some of the community engagement work around making sure that we are um, having multiple touch points with that audience or community. Mm -hmm. But the other thing, the thing I do want to just make sure I say is that um, I don't pretend to know what the community wants, so I do a very good job of, I mean, this is, and hopefully I do a very good job. I don't know if I can say that about myself. I'll say that about you. Thank you. You do a very good you. job. I, I try really hard to work with community partners and to listen to the other organizations in the city of Atlanta that are doing the work, mm -hmm. that have those community yes. connections, are working at those, what we call grassroots level. And so I become of service to them and in partnership with them. And I will say all the work we do in my department is always in partnership with community organizations mm -hmm. that serve Atlanta in one way or another. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, I, I love that you bring up that point of um, that, that half, if not all of our job is listening, right? Mm -hmm. Like we are both very externally facing uh, roles within this organization. And, um, and I, I think the point of, of listening is one that's very well taken and a good thing that we always need to remind ourselves in development and it's uh, inspiring to hear you talk about. And you're a great listener. Oh, thank Trey. you, thank yeah. you. That's one of um, your superpowers from what I've gathered. Oh, well, I love it because I'm, I'm, I'm very often much more interested in what other people have to say rather than what I have to say, so it makes it easy to, to listen. 
Um, I think we're coming up on time, but yeah. I would love to ask you, visionary Rita, um, <laughs> you know, what, what is your hope for the future of, of the Alliance Theatre and theatre in general? Well, I, I'm going to paint a picture to answer that question because that's how I think about it. Mm-hmm. But here's what I'm seeing in the future. My crystal ball. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a really dynamic and colorful campus in Midtown Atlanta. That is the Woodruff Arts Center, of mm-hmm. which the Alliance is a part of. Mm-hmm. I see a delicious and affordable coffee shop slash restaurant there because mm-hmm. food is also nourishment and yes. uh, just the way that the arts is. I see performances in the piazza that are public and and outdoor and open to everyone and also a way for people to just sort of have an arts experience that they, they stumble upon. I see programming every day of the week mm-hmm. that is for all audiences, the youngest ones, those zero to five year olds and the seniors um, that we also serve and that you could just walk in and have this amazing arts experience here at the Woodruff Art Center um, and that it would be inviting for everyone and that I would say, come as you are, except that I was just at the Christmas Carol and was loving the way that everyone gets dressed up for the Christmas mm-hmm. Carol. So I would say, come as you are, but also, if you want to dress up and come as the higher version of yourself, I think that's also what the arts is about. I love that. Mm-hmm. Nice. And what about you? Um, I think I have a couple of answers, and one is you know specific to the alliance, and one is for the field. Uh, it, at the alliance, in particular, you know we're here at a very exciting time where we're we're on the cusp of of some explosive growth within our our youth programming and education programs. And you mentioned you know how education is threaded throughout community engagement work. It's really threaded throughout everything that we do here at the alliance. It's I've never seen anything like it, frankly. Um, and we're at a point in time where we're just bursting at the seems with our with our young people programming um, all of the young people programming that we do sells out we have to extend those runs all of the student matinees for months out are sold out and we have to add student matinees um, and so we are on the the precipice of um, a, a really strategic growth model that is centering youth um, youth audiences here at the theater and I'm very excited about that and it very much aligns with your vision where there is programming all of the time people of all ages know that they can come. Uh, young people can get exposed to the theater from zero years old to um, however old they they grow up to be. The forever young. The forever young, <laughs> yes, I love that. And that's what we do all the time, right? Theater yeah. for the forever young. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, to see that vision uh, come true for the Alliance is going to be a really truly special thing indeed and I'm very excited about that. Um, and then for the field, for the art form, my hope is that, you know, Post-pandemic, I hope that we can get back to a place where we're all enjoying the theater with abandon, without any reservations, without, um, you know, this, this, uh, you know, somewhat somewhat uh, nagging fear that's in your brain that you that you might get sick if you go out in public, right? I mean, that's still a fear that's present. Mm-hmm. And I would love for us to be able to enjoy stories together without abandon, knowing that, um, or with abandon rather, knowing that we are going to be changed in some way. We might not even know how this story is going to change us until 20 years from now when we encounter something in our lives mm-hmm. similar to what happened in that play. Um, 
and knowing that that's going to happen to all the people around us too. And uh, I, my hope is just that that the theaters remain full, that they remain full of all the different types of community members that we talked about, that all those community members are truly in community with each other, um, and all all bringing their experiences to the theater, and then taking the experience of the theater as a common experience to move on. Can we go to the future now? Now, that is yes, definitely let's the future it. I want to live in. <laughs> yes. Well, this thanks, Rita. This yeah, has been a blast. Yeah, this is amazing. We'll have to do it again. Yes, sounds good. I so enjoyed listening to that again. Trent and I had been planning a chat for a while, although not in front of mics or for a podcast, but I'm glad we got to do that. And as you know, the holidays are right around the corner, and I hope that you'll join us in celebrating them. And we have a lot of amazing programming on our stages happening right now. A Christmas Carol is on our Coca-Cola stage. But we also have a gift of love with Adam McKnight on the Hertz stage and Knock Knock in the Black Box as part of our Theater for the Very Young programming. There is something for everyone this holiday season, and I sincerely hope you join us. And it goes without saying, but I'd like to end on a note of gratitude. Thank you. Thank you all for supporting this theater and for making our work a joy. Happy holidays, and see you next time.